Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 78. I'm going to start off with InfoSec and the ransomware worm, which is basically what it was, coming out of the NSA's leaked tools. And the worm is called WannaCry. It's basically, like, like I said, it's ransomware combined with a worm, which makes it particularly nasty. And it's uh, savaged like dozens of countries, crippled organizations like Britain's NHS, Telefonica, the Russian Interior Ministry, FedEx, and like thousands of other companies. It really hit Europe and Asia the hardest. And the spread of the attack was limited by some uh, 22-year-old British researcher who found by reverse engineering that uh, there was a domain that if it were active would uh, stop it from propagating. So he found the domain, purchased it, and activated it, and it sort of shut down the propagation. But uh, we're expecting, in fact, there already are variations that don't have this kill switch, and we're expecting more variations next week, likely, uh, to be the case, that uh, we'll see variations that will not have this in place, so the spread will continue. So Bottom line here is you've got to patch your Windows systems as soon as possible, and that includes internally because uh, this is spreading via email and uh, other methods that will get it inside your org. Uh, so it's not just your public-facing systems that you need to worry about, but uh, particularly nasty. It's uh, got a lot of press, a lot of people working late nights. If you're in security ops for a large org, you've probably had a rough week or so. The president signed an executive order on cybersecurity last week, basically requires fixes to government systems within 90 days, which is almost guaranteed to result in like really nasty, shoddy work being done by agencies, right? So they could basically beat the timeline. But then they're going to have all their work ahead of them, right? Because they will have put in all these nasty, you know, jerry-rig sort of solutions which aren't really solid and they could actually be creating more work from the, for themselves just so they can meet that deadline so we might need another executive order to fix what they put in place but uh there there is some positive from it um it at least has a sense of urgency it at least calls out that there's a giant mess that needs to be fixed that's positive and they also recommended that uh agencies adopt the NIST framework, which is definitely a good step. So interesting legislation there, or well, I guess not legislation, but uh, executive order. When the Macron team was hacked by the Russians, so this was uh, the French election uh, a little bit ago, when they were hacked by the Russians, they knew they were going to be hacked. They anticipated that. They saw it happen. 
And what they did was they added noise into their own systems to confuse and delay the Russians, which is really interesting, right? So they basically created a bunch of fake email accounts and documents and just created tons of noise in there, tons of garbage for people to have to sift through. And I love the idea here because the focus is on raising the cost and the effort to the attacker, knowing that it wasn't really possible to stop them, especially when you have a limited, you know, the attacker has a limited amount of time, right? And it appears to have worked uh, largely. Uh, the breach or the leak ended up having a lot of garbage data in it that uh, just wasn't useful at all. So uh, really interesting technique here used by the French. Researchers have discovered that the audio driver in a number of HP laptops contained functionality for recording keystrokes. So basically a backdoor. And uh, HP has already released a driver update to fix the issue. And the U.S. is about to ban laptops and cabins for flights coming from Europe. And it looks like it could basically be all large electronics other than phones. So basically, if you're coming from Europe, you would basically have a phone. I, I'm not sure that's confirmed yet, but I think there was a leak from Delta that showed a flyer that basically said you could only have phones. So uh, crazy. Um, not really sure what the threat actor or the threat scenario is supposed to be here. Um, I think the two obvious ones are explosives. So they think someone's going to put bombs in, in laptops or, or similarly sized electronics. And the other one would be hacking. So uh, either way, start planning for phone-only flights from or to the U.S. from Europe and potentially a, a large number of origins. Technology news. Amazon has enabled free calls and messaging on all Echo devices with a new service called Alexa Calling. They also launched a new Echo device called the Echo Show which is basically an echo with a screen. A lot of people have commented that it's very similar to the device in 1984. No relation, hopefully. A CMU project. So Carnegie Mellon University project has created a small sensor. You can plug into a wall outlet in order to track everything going on in the room. So it's basically listening. It's, it's, I don't think it has a camera, but it's listening. It's looking at pressure. It's mostly audio, I think, but it's got lots of different sensors and uses machine learning to infer what's happening based on tons and tons of training data. So we can tell like when a door is being opened or closed or someone's walking by or someone is present or there's water running or it's not running, like just, you know, hundreds or thousands of different detection capabilities built into the things. And the idea is you put them all over. So you have like triangulation, you have like multiple sources of input and uh, the machine learning does the rest. Google is largely displacing Apple and Microsoft within schools using a combination of Chromebooks, cloud apps, and their other applications and offerings. This is interesting because Microsoft was big there for a while. Apple famously was really big in classrooms a long time ago. And it looks like Google has found a place for the Chromebook which appears to be education. Apple has acquired Lattice Data, a company that turns unstructured data 
such as text and images into something that can be analyzed using data science. Microsoft is about to start blocking a number of downloading sites, such as Kodi, the Pirate Bay, Kickass Torrents, and a bunch of others, and doing all this natively inside of Windows 10. Interesting example of the operating system starting to do what uh, applications have done in the past, right? So just a natural flow of it starts as an app, it moves into social media potentially, and then eventually it ends up, if it's good enough feature, it ends up in the operating system itself. So this is a case of, you know, browser safety being not a plugin or not a function of a browser, but actually just inside the OS itself. Chinese shoppers spent over $750 billion online in 2016, which was more than the US and the UK combined. Apple has acquired Bedit, which is basically a, one of those uh, layers that you put under your mattress and stuff, and it, it uh, reports out your sleeping behavior, the quality of your sleep, like how much you toss and turn, that kind of stuff. So it's about to have an official sleep monitoring option to feed its health app, which I'm happy about that because uh, I, I didn't want to get one of the third-party ones. UCSF researchers found that the Apple Watch can detect an abnormal heart rhythm with 97% accuracy. I think those are called arrhythmias. But, but uh, yeah, so they used cardiogram data, which is a cool app if you have iOS. I don't know if it's on Android as well, but Cardiogram is a cool app that tracks your heart rate fluctuations and stuff over time. It's got some pretty cool visuals, but they used, I think they used that data to select the participants for this. But uh, yeah, they found that 97% accuracy, you could detect the arrhythmias, which of course are risk factors for strokes and other problems. Snap shares crashed more than 20% Thursday after their first quarterly results missed estimates and slowed or, or showed slower than uh, expected user growth. I, I honestly don't know how these guys expect to survive with, with Facebook and Instagram attacking them. I, I just, I see it as a one trick pony. I, I don't understand how they got like 70 kajillion dollars in like four minutes when they went IPO. It just boggles me, but that's that's cool. You know, happy, happy for them. I just would not be surprised to see them not around in three to five years. The US needs a strategy around CRISPR and other leading edge biology research. Basically every moment we waste messing around with not having a strategy here, is time that China uses to get ahead of us. And this is kind of the thing that we don't want to lose at. We don't want to lose at enhancing our bodies and our minds, right? Because, uh, I mean, it just magnifies an advantage, right? If we can make our, ourselves uh, smarter, more resistant to disease, mostly smarter, but just better, uh, more resilient, um, that's going to lead to better outcomes overall, right? Because we'll, we'll have more smart people 
innovating and doing things. Of course, you need lots of other stuff for that to happen. But this is uh, this is the one game we don't want to lose, which is human improvement, because China doesn't care. They they have a strategy. That they just want to win. They're going to do everything they can to do that. And meanwhile, we're fluttering around, fighting amongst ourselves, don't have a strategy, don't have a direction. And at the same time, we're using a whole bunch of religious reasons to stop the research in the first place with all these different restrictions that just don't make any sense. So, I mean, there's obviously a reason for caution, which everyone should be using, not just China and us, but everyone. But with those core rules of caution, you know, set to one side, we need to open up the rest for innovation and, and get moving. Human news, Germany just achieved a stunning milestone of 85% of electricity generation coming from renewables, 85%. That's a crazy number. Scientists found that only children, so children who don't have siblings, um, have differences in their brain structures that are associated with increased creativity and less socialization. An article on how the loss of 100 million trees from borer beetles, some kind of crazy beetle, could lead to the death of 21,000 humans. It sounded like hype to me, but uh, the argument seems fairly sound when you read the article. Dental health is one of the most visible indicators of social class and increasing numbers of people say that they're going for years without seeing a dentist at all. Can't imagine that. We just found one of the best preserved dinosaurs ever. This thing looks like a movie prop. Actually, it looks like it has skin and like, scales and everything like it's just insane looking absolutely need to check this check this one out scientists have reversed brain aging as measured by memory performance in mice using thc and they're getting ready to start human trials so basically after about 12 months or 18 months or so the mice they they have dementia basically they they just start declining in mental age and they gave this uh, THC, you know, dosing. I think it was a small dose or whatever, but they gave it to them and it regressed their brains back to memory performance of being young. So they're going to try it with humans now. An MMA fighter uh, fought a Tai Chi master. Basically, they had this big verbal battle where the MMA fighter was taunting all these Tai Chi masters. And one Tai Chi master accepted. And the backlash was so extreme that, well, so first of all, he destroyed him in like 10 seconds. Uh, so the, I mean, he just offered no defense, no offense. MMA guy just completely massacred him. And, uh, but because he embarrassed China so much, and he was Chinese as well, but because he embarrassed Chinese culture through Chinese martial arts so much, he just got so many death threats. He had to go into hiding. I think he's still in hiding. The genetic makeup of any given brain cell completely differs from all others, or at least differs, differs significantly from all other brain cells. 
So this is basically a statement that it's completely untrue that every cell in your body has the same DNA. This is something I was taught, I think everyone listening was taught, is that every cell has the same DNA. They actually don't. Um, and, and they're realizing that the complexities of you know, various cognitive and brain-related issues are complicated by the fact that brain cells look completely different from each other at a DNA level. So that's pretty interesting stuff. Self-compassion might be better than self-hype. So instead of boosting your ego when you're down by saying, oh, you're awesome, you're a rock star or whatever, instead try talking to yourself like a best friend. Macy's is getting completely crushed, but a lot of people are starting to blame this on rising computer uh, consumer death. Macy's is getting completely crushed, but many are blaming rising consumer debt rather than migration to online purchasing options. I think it's probably a hybrid of the two. And ideas uh, for a life upgrade, swap TV time for reading time. This is an essay I just wrote yesterday, actually, and it's about frustration that I have with so many of my friends who spend just tons of time watching TV, tons and tons of time, TV or video games, and they don't read at all. So when I talk to them about all these cool things going on in the world and so-and-so released a book and you got to check this out and here's this concept and that concept, they're just like, yeah, did you see this show? Um, it's in its 13th season or whatever, and you should watch it. And I'm like, guys, you should be reading gotta read. I feel like it massively improves. Well, it's not just what I feel like it's been shown to massively improve your creativity, you know, expose yourself to new ideas. There's so many good books out there. Like it's, it's just frustrating to me that people are not reading even smart people. I, I mean, all my friends are like crazy smart and they're not exposing themselves to like bionic upgrades of their intelligence and their creativity. And this is kind of the point of the piece is that you get so many benefits from this that you do not get from watching TV. You do not get it from playing video games. You only get it from exposing yourself to high quality reading. And that could be fiction. That could be nonfiction. But you start reading, you know, I don't know, two, three books a month. And I'm sure you get more benefit if you read more, which I I read probably quite a bit more than that. But I think even reading one book a month, if it's a good quality fiction or nonfiction, you're just going to get massive benefits. And the other thing I talk about is how the quality of wisdom in a book is like 10x or 20x or 100x. I, I don't know what the number is. Obviously, it depends. But you get so much more benefit from one chapter in a book than you do from 10 seasons of some dumb show. And the time sink that you put into these shows and you put into these video games, it's unbelievable. So the, the piece is basically saying, look, take some of that time and dedicate it to reading. It's hard to get into, but when you do, you will see massive benefits. Next one, Robert Graham is wrong about John Oliver being wrong about net neutrality. He basically wrote a 
you know, a, uh, a response to John Oliver's thing about net neutrality, saying that it was completely wrong and there's no evidence that anyone's doing anything bad. And we already have segmentation because of channels. So I basically destroyed that argument because it's not about channels because it's about the internet, not TV. And there's already plenty of documented uh, instances of abuse of an ISP basically controlling internet traffic because the kind of traffic that they're controlling is competing with something else that their company or their parent company is doing. So there's tons of documented cases of this. So it, it was just a silly argument on his part. But I mean, he's a super smart guy. He makes lots of arguments. So I guess he could be wrong about a few. The other one was security by obscurity. Uh, current predictions for thinking machines. This one, I break down uh, three core components of what I think is going to happen with thinking machines. And it kind of breaks up a few assumptions that I think people have about the mystery of human intelligence and human consciousness, which I believe are actually rather mediocre. Um, and, and these are ideas that I've got from reading lots of books. So it's not like I came up with this on my own. Um, but I think the way I collect it into a, a small package here, um, which I think has three main points is, is halfway decent. So you could check that out. Uh, look at application testing in the near future. This is a pretty cool one. Um, it, again, it's just a prediction of how we might completely automate testing of different components by basically putting them into harnesses and pointing automation at them. So uh, machine learning algorithms, you know, rules-based engines, and of course humans. In fact, it's not really about automation. It's about a combination of automation and humans inside of a standardized harness. So you point, you put your binary into a harness, you put your APIs into a harness, you put your source code into a harness, and the whole world knows how to start testing that thing. And then you could potentially use something like the blockchain, like Ethereum, to manage who gets paid for what based on what findings are found. So you have basically a filtering engine for, is this a good vuln? If yes, pay. How much to pay? Well, depends on the type of vault. So you could potentially build that into something like Ethereum and just have all these algorithms go after it, all these rules engines, all these humans, and uh, just completely automate the, the testing of different components of an application. And of course, it wouldn't just be applications, right? You could use this for all sorts of different system types. But um, yeah, interesting idea for how to test in the future. How serverless architecture is going to affect the DevOps conversation. This is a pretty cool one. I'm not sure who wrote this, but uh, interesting. Talking about functions as a service and that kind of stuff. Uh, pretty cool piece. Not many people realize that ANNs and deep learning are unable to explain or show their work. We basically have no idea how deep learning or um, neural networks arrive at their answers. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I think I talked about this before, but when you don't understand how someone got an answer, it, it becomes really difficult 
once you start asking hard questions, like what should I do with my life? And it says, well, you should, you know, move to the beach because you won't be successful or, or something, right? Uh, you never know what it's going to say. And when it does say something, it can't explain why it said it. And the more we start relying on the stuff as humans, the more serious of a problem this is going to become. The meaning of life in a world without work. I had this thing bookmarked and went and started reading it, realized it was by the author of Sapiens, which makes sense. Um, and also Homo Deus. So uh, really cool piece. Big solution he talks about, which I've been talking about for a while, is video games. You know, if you have uh, no reason to work and you're not able to provide value above automation and computers and robots, well, um, we might find our meaning in video games. And, and I think that's a very logical assumption to make. But a really good piece you should check out. Discovery for the week. My quick takeaways from the 2017 Verizon DBIR report. Got some, it's a two minute read. You basically get a summary of, uh, of what they put out in a few comments. Uh, computer games that teach assembly programming. Pretty cool. A deep explanation and introduction to Elon Musk's neural net, which is a project to link human brains to computers. A concise and quality explanation of deep learning, A16Z's new podcast on the quantified self and biohacking, and the knowledge map, an interactive mind map for learning almost anything. A few notes for this week. Uh, just finished reading the book, uh, or the first book in the Three Body Problem series. I think I talked about this. It's really the best science fiction book I've read in a very long time. Currently reading the second book, and it's just as good. It's really just a continuation of the story. And uh, if you love science fiction, you absolutely need to read the series like immediately. Just added an option to support the site, newsletter, and podcast. It has Stripe integration for one-time donations, as well as subscription option through Patreon. Really appreciate anyone who uh, goes and uses that. Speaking at Interrupt tomorrow on the topic of practical IoT security for the enterprise. And uh, I think that's in the afternoon. I think that's at the MGM Grand. So if you're in Vegas, hit me up. And a lot of you have been asking about the paperback version of my book because you don't like Kindle. A lot of people don't seem to like eBooks. Um, just in general, eBooks have not been doing so well compared to paperback. So uh, it's almost finished. The paperback version should be available within, I don't know, a month or so. So uh, I'll let you know when that comes out. And recommendations for the week. The Mechanical Universe is one of the most remarkable science courses I've ever seen. It's, I saw it actually, I, I just remembered, I, I was actually shown it first in my physics class in high school. I think it was 12th grade. And uh, <clears throat> absolutely loved it. I found it in the army. I was doing some sort of education duty or something. I don't know what it was. It was some side duty. And I was in an education center and they had it. 
and they had the calculus version and I would just watch this thing over and over and over. It was like the best. It, it teaches you so much about mechanics and physics and everything. And it's put out by Caltech and it's got this Caltech professor who just explains things in a way I just loved. Uh, plus it was like all animated and stuff. It was very modern, very modern style that you, like you might expect today to see kind of like cosmos or something, but for physics and put out by Caltech. It was just fantastic. And, uh, it just got put onto YouTube. So I was about to buy this thing, like videotapes or whatever CDs, whatever they had, like eight tracks or whatever crap they, they would have sold it as. And I was going to like find a way to transcribe it into digital form. And like, this was a life project that I wanted to do because I loved it so much. Well, I just found out it's on YouTube. Got the link here. You absolutely need to watch this thing. Make your kids watch it. Like, it's just so good. And another recommendation here, which is echoing the one from above, to massively upgrade your life, I recommend swapping TV time for reading time. Definitely put this in the recommendation section because I feel so strongly about it. Uh, next one, most people are extremely deficient in vitamin D levels. I take like 5,000 to 7,000. I use a day and I got a link here to my favorite supplement. I didn't put it in, in the newsletter, but obviously I don't know your biology or whatever. So, you know, you should probably talk to a good doctor, not a doctor, but a good doctor, you know, before you do anything. And uh, Truecaller is an app you can run on your phone that helps identify spam numbers as they come in and can automatically block them. And it basically updates itself like antivirus. So really cool kind of essential app that I keep on my phone. And uh, aphorism for the week, men willingly believe what they wish by Julius Caesar. Men willingly believe what they wish. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.